Uh, base. Oh, it just now started. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Catfish Weekly. This is episode 44. This is a new segment that we're going to start doing on a monthly basis called What's Up? Uh, basically just talking about the news, what we've seen that's going on on Facebook, etc., that we know about in the catfishing world. Um, so we got a few different things that we're going to talk about tonight. We'll basically just go over, uh, you know, each one a little bit individually. You know, we'll talk about it. Just uh, you guys can, in the chat, can feel free to chime in. If you know anything that we don't know or whatever, feel free to let us know, and we'll try to get the information out there. Um, how you guys doing tonight? Good. Wild, Chuck. Doing, doing good. good. Good to hear. Everybody out there in chat, you guys all doing good? So, uh, first topic that we have tonight is uh, the Collegiate Catfishing Association. Um, you know, I was, I seen a little bit about them posting it on Facebook. I talked to Aaron Wheatley a little bit about it. I know we're going to, we're going to see if we can't get these guys on the show. Um, basically a little bit about what's going on you guys may or may not have heard about. Uh, Mark Cooper is the founder of it. Um, basically trying to get catfishing to be a, a collegiate sport and he's out of the University of Tennessee and uh, so I, I believe that's the first one in the country I think you know Aaron talked a little bit about how it actually became like an official um, you know officially ranked school, uh, sport for University of Tennessee they got it all official, they got the word back or something like that. So um, I know we're probably gonna try to get a hold of them, get them on. But um, Lyle, Chuck, what do you guys think about the whole catfishing as a college sport? Well, I think it it'll rival the bass stuff in a short time. Uh, I talked to Aaron about it some time ago, and I told him when uh, him and I was visiting about it that you know if we could get something like that going, especially if if uh, uh, Mizzou would put something together like that. I'd try to get behind a team and, and try to help them out a little bit. I just think that's a great thing. And uh, you know, I, I've told you guys before about different times when there was tournaments and they was weighing in their three and four pound bass, and they we'd bring in forty, fifty pound catfish, and all the crowd watching the bass weigh in would, would come over and watch the catfish because there's just no comparison when you're talking. You know, you're it's 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 not peas and carrots. I mean, it's a world of difference when you're talking about weighing in. Fish for a catfish tournament, even channel cat tournament. So, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see them get involved with that. I'd like to see it be more than one state. And uh, if Mizzou would get interested in it and they put up a team or two, I'd try to get behind them and help pull them out. What do you think, Chuck? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, from what I've heard, they've already established it as a club. And, um, I mean, that that's doing really good. So, if you know, if the other colleges can, uh, you know, start rounding up some guys, and uh, if they get two or three colleges, you know, that's going out and just competing against each other, and they, uh, you know, but put it out there, there's going to be other guys that, you know, other colleges that's going to want to go out there and fish against them you know, right off the bat. So it's going to take the students uh, to get this stuff going. You know, the guys come coming out of high school right now that's been catfishing with their parents. Um, we've been interested in a while. They've got to get to the colleges and, you know, get the hype up and, uh, you know, trying to get some stuff started. You know, the colleges aren't, you know, they're just not going to start them up themselves. So 
Um, it, you know, it's all up to the students and how bad they want it. And um, if they want it bad enough, they can get it. That's what I'm wondering is, is um, you know, I, I guess ultimately would like to see lots of colleges, you know, lots of colleges having a, a league, you know, and having it sort of where they could fish against the other colleges in the state or, you know, in, the, in a tri-state area or something like that. And, you know, it could even be... Um, you know, in in lakes and things like that. Basically, if they if they have a bass team right now, there's no reason they can't have a catfish team. Um, is the way I look at it, and 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 I I'm also thinking that it would be awesome. You know, if it ever does get to the point, and this is just you know the exposure. You know, with a lot of college sports things like that, they they have uh, even a uh, you know a college um, news team or whatever that's there or that's filming or you know, or doing something like that and, and building that interest in, in the level, uh, you know, from the a younger age, I guess, to the to the people who might not have um, even knew that it was out there is just going to help the sport as well. Well, these guys, a lot of these guys that are, are doing this, and this is something that I've been working on for a long time, but uh, I've actually been putting some time in on it here recently, a lot of these guys that are, are in involved in, in things like this are people that their dads have taken them on tournament trips and, and fished with them in tournaments before. And uh, I've talked to uh, uh, Brent Riddle and Jason Acock and Ray Stitcher and some of these guys that are actually fishing tournaments with their children now. And these are the people that, that will excel in a deal like that when they go to college. If this is put in place, these guys will have a head start. They'll know what's going on. They'll know what to look for when they get to these lakes and rivers. And they'll know uh, what kind of baits they need to have and what time of the year they need to have them. And, and uh, it's just going to be a bonus for anybody involved in it. Not to mention, I mean, again, you know, talking about... Um, I guess some advantages to it would be that, you know, imagine somebody, I know Casey Tudorow's young, I'm not sure, he's not that young, but just imagine that if, you know, you're a um, university of, out of uh, Clarksville or, you know, somewhere somewhere on the, along the Ohio River and you have, you know, a Casey Tudorow that's a young kid, high school student or whatever, and you're hearing about him, you know, you go and you offer that kid a, a college sponsorship, you know, for being in a catfishing club, you know, you're helping them, number one, you're just helping another kid, um, you know, graduate from college, you know, paying for college and everything like that, and and promoting the sport of catfishing. That's exactly right. You know, we we got to get these kids involved uh, as with, it's, it's not just catfishing or bass fishing or fishing in general, it's with any sport. The kids involved in it, they are the future of the sport, and if we don't keep them interested and keep that going, uh, you know, they're the lifeblood of it, just like keeping the ladies involved. If you keep the ladies involved in fishing, it makes it so much easier for you to get to go simply because it's, uh, if they like to do it and you guys are doing it together, it, it makes it easier for everybody. So if you can take your kids out and keep them to where, man, I can't wait to go to the next tournament, if that college deal takes off like I anticipate that it will, when they get to college, whether they get a scholarship or not, they can put them a team together. They go back and compete, and these guys that have a head start uh, on the rest of them, uh, they're going to be hard to handle. Yep. 
Well, I'm. Uh, Chuck, did you have anything else on the the college catfishing thing, or? Oh yeah, uh, you know, down here we're having um, high school uh, bass fish teams. We have um, some huge high school bass tournaments. Uh, the, the way that works, uh, they they have to be a, a an adult uh, captain in the boat, and then there's a you know two competitors. So there's three three people in a boat, but it has a lot to do with uh, how much participation that the parents want to put into it. Um, you know, the parents pretty much get these teams going. Um, you know that they, um, you know the 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 person that's helping. Um, like one guy, his dad will have the boat. Um, the, the other guy, his parents will help with the expenses with the boat. And uh, they just go around competing and um, hope to get scholarships at, you know, one of the local universities on their bass fishing teams. Uh, Jason Acock just popped in on chat and said it keeps the kids out of trouble, too, and that's true. If, if they're in a boat fishing... They're not out doing stuff and running around town doing stuff they're not supposed to do. So it's a it's a win-win for everybody if you can keep these kids involved. Yeah, and and like Chuck was saying, a good you know another good idea and everything would be to, um, you know at the very least if you have a kid in high school and you know you you maybe have a position at the school or you you know. You know the people there. You're on good terms with them and everything. You know, go and talk to uh, the athletic director or somebody that that might be able to uh, tell you if there's, you know, they might be able to gauge the interest in the area to see if there's something worthwhile there to get started. And uh, you get it started on a on a high school, you know, level. Basically, when they start, like like Chuck said, they started at the the bass clubs and stuff at the high school level. So anytime they start that there, if there's enough interest in the catfishing. You know, and, and it can start off in a, um, you know, it, like when they were talking about the, the Collegiate Catfishing Association, I believe there was uh, some other colleges and stuff that they were talking about trying to get involved as well. A lot of them on, uh, on, the, on the big water, you know, on, on the Ohio River, on the Mississippi, um, all, a lot near that. Now, I'm not near any of that. Um, but I do, you know, I'd understand if that's how it has to grow, if it has to start somewhere like that in order to spread, you know, to the smaller uh, lakes and things like that in the northern parts of the states and southern parts of the states that aren't right on the big rivers. Uh, but definitely if anybody has, you know, any any ideas or anything, you know, if you think that um, it's a possibility in a high school level or something like that, that you could help out, you know, your, like I said, your son or something, daughter even is, is in high school and is interested in doing the catfishing and you think there's a lot of people around you that might be interested, go talk to an athletic director or principal or, you know, see if there's uh, something you can get started. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. If we could, you know, like I say, if Mizzou could, would, would be interested in putting something together like that, I'd actually go over there and visit with somebody about that and, and uh, <clears throat> at least put my two cents worth in. I think it's a it's a great idea, and I think that all these colleges that can do it needs to needs to do it. All right, is everybody are we all good on the collegiate catfishing? I think so. All right. Um, 
Next subject of the night I got is uh, old John Harden here in chat with us. Harden Catfishing. Um, just recently wrote an article, got it put, put, put in the uh, Coastal Angler and the Fishing Angler uh, magazine, fishing magazine. Uh, the title of his article was The Underrated Sport of Trophy Catfish Tournaments. Um, I had a chance to, to read through a little bit of it. I don't think I read the whole thing. I'm, I could have. I just don't recall. I do a lot in a day, believe it or not. You know, but um, I, th I thought it was pretty good. I think uh, uh, pretty much anybody that's getting any sort of catfish uh, attention, and, and as long as it's shown in a positive light, uh, I'm all for I know there's, you know, there's, I hope John understands there's going to be people that are going to be jealous that he got his article in a paper. Um, sometimes that's just what you got to deal with. Don't, don't let any of that ever get you down. Um, what you did was, was awesome, man. I, I appreciate it. I'm sure there's a lot of others out there that do too. Um, but what do you guys think about this article? Well, I have read the whole article and it was very well written and it went directly to the point of uh, that he was trying to make and, and uh, competitive catfishing is the fastest growing fishing sport there is right now so for John to jump up there and talk about that and get that published was, was a great deal he done a really nice job on the article uh, one thing I would like to mention before I pass this on to Chuck to get his opinion is um, John fishes some tournaments, but John doesn't fish tournaments like a lot of people do every weekend or three or four times a week, but he fishes a lot, and he fishes for bass, and he fishes for crappie, and he fishes for catfish, and, and you know, he supports a lot of people that may help him along, but, you know, this is a guy that goes out and fishes a lot of nights through the week, and he's, I wouldn't exactly classify him as a tournament fisherman, although he does fish a lot of tournaments, but, but he's the kind of guy that, that everybody says, well, you know, we, we can't get any support, we can't get these guys to talk to us. Well, John gets people to talk to us because he does the right thing. He promotes, he promotes companies that he, he knows produces good products. He, he's very well, he's knowledgeable about the products. He can help help the, the guys that, that are behind him. He helps people that do nothing for him. He's just the kind of guy that's good for catfishing and everybody should acknowledge that. Uh, and, and everybody can be that way. You don't have to be a tournament fisherman specifically to get acknowledgement. Uh, it does and sometimes it does help, but uh, John is just the kind of guy that, that if he believes in something, he's going to try to help them out, whether they're doing stuff for him or not, and kudos to him for doing that. Yeah, I think he did really good on this article. Um, he, he's he's really down to earth. He's He don't let other people's sponsors get in his way of, you know, him being friends with him, um, you know, he's he's really got a good idea of what it's going to take to, uh, you know, get get the uh, the monster trophy catfishing going tournament wise. Also, um, you know, going out and having fun at it. You know, he loves doing it either way. He goes out by himself. Um, me and him a chat on the phone. He's out there in the lake. 
and uh, he, he shoots pictures, and uh, he just loves it. And um, he's wholehearted wanted this uh, trophy catfish thing to totally work and, and it get as far as it can go. Well, now, John is another one of them that's been behind some of the regulations. You know, he might not have been on the front line, but he, he puts his, his comments in. He does it in a professional way about getting regulations put into effect in Kentucky, and, and that's a good deal. But uh, one other thing I want to mention, John catches some pretty good fish. Uh, yeah, he posted some pictures yesterday of a 50 and a 25 or 26 that he put in the boat. And, and uh, you know, it was not a really warm day, and I understand he was in the boat by himself, and he's knocking out fish like that. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty good day for just about anybody that wants to go out when it's freezing cold and you're out there by yourself and you're putting 50-pound fish in the boat. That's just pretty good. So... Uh, you know he he's he's a trooper and and uh, he's good for the sport. One of the, he's one of the first people I try to find whenever we go to Kentucky to the monsters from the Ohio, uh, just because he's a great guy and I enjoy visiting with him. Yep, and, I, and like you were talking about, I mean, he's uh he's not Black Horse Custom Rod Pro staff, is he? No, sir. And he's a hypercat. He's actually a hypercat pro staff, I believe. And yet you'll go and you look at his posts and there you'll see, you know, he'll, he'll talk about the Black Horse Custom Rods, what nailed that big old fish, pulled it in. You know, he has the Hypercat Rods. He's, you know, he, he believes in the products. He talks about them. He lets you know he's truthful about everything um, and just enjoys fishing. You know, it's a lot like myself, you know. I, I go out and I crappie fish. I walleye fish. I bluegill fish. I creek chub fish. Um, I just... I, I just love fishing. I absolutely love it. And, I mean, that's the reason why, you know, each one of us on here on, are doing this show. It's it's not because we wanted to be millionaires. I mean, <laughs> that ain't going to happen. So, you know, we do this because we love fishing, you know. And that's, like you said, that's the right kind of people to be around, to have as friends. Um, you know, and, and there's... There's people from my... You know, I'm, I don't know if you guys are like me or not. There's people on Facebook where... Honestly, I don't even read what they have to say because most of the time it's nothing that interests me. You know, it's nothing that's even remotely to do with catfishing. Or it's either drama or some other stuff. Harden is not one of them people. I mean, if it, it, that's the kind of things that I like to look for uh, when I go through my Facebook posts, and there, and I know that Facebook has changed, and I'm missing a lot of stuff. And and you know, I'm sorry. I know there's lots of things. I like to like a lot of people's posts and, and like what they're saying and joke around and stuff like that. Um, you know, and that's the thing. I look for the people that have relevant things to say. They're not always dealing in the drama and things like that. And Harden is definitely not one of those people. So nope. I enjoy reading his posts and what he has to say and all that stuff. And I, and I, like I said, I'm pretty sure I read the whole article. It's just you know, I've I've had so much going on today that I can't recall everything that I read in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seemed like it was a, you know a very good written article. It seemed like it it hit a lot of points. Um, you know, basically talking about how catfishing is is grown beyond what a lot of people think, and and uh, it's definitely still on the rise. And I, I'm I'm glad that he put that out there. Like I said, you know, you might get some people that. That might be a little bit jealous that you got an article out there or whatever. Just keep your head up. Don't worry about the haters. That's right. Haters going to hate, so you yeah. just got to pass that. Keep doing what you're doing, John, because we all thank the world of you. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll I'll do bass fishing. Robert Bardis in chat said if it has scales, it's bait. And you have to be a good bait fisherman to catch catfish. That's right. That's some more true words never spoken. <laughs> you gotta have, you gotta have fresh bait, and you can't have fresh bait if you can't catch it. And Rob Cloudfutter said that he he uh, had he had the privilege of having breakfast with him recently. One of the most genuine fellows he's ever met, met, and proud to call him a friend. Um, you know all the people saying the nice things in chat. You know again that just lets you know. You know, what kind of guy he is, you know. But, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, um, John, keep it up, you know, put another article together, see if you can't get with them, and, and you know, keep it going with them. You know, try to get out to some other things if you can. Um, there's lots of different avenues. If you can write an article, I'm sure that it can be put somewhere. So, and all the exposure that we can get in catfishing, and especially from guys who, uh, who really understand and appreciate the sport, the better. That's, that's correct. All right. Our next subject, the catfishing duo, pairing them up on the James River. By the way, some of these, uh, some of these things that we're talking about here, you know, right now, um, you know, we, like I said, we might have them on the show, you know, just because we're talking a little bit about them in the news section. We're probably going to try to get a hold of some of these people and see if we can't work out a time to get them on the show and talk, you know, in depth about what they were doing. Um, so just because we're just running over it right now, don't think that, you know, it's not going to, you can't get a, a whole show on whatever they did or whatever because that's, that's probably in the works. We, we have a lot of things that we're trying to get uh, set up right now. we got a lot of things going on. But back to it, the Catfish Duo. Tearing them up over on the James. I know that uh, they've got they. I think one of the stats that I read was they were there on the James River in Virginia for over five days, and had over a thousand pounds of fish caught. And if any of you guys aren't friends with them on Facebook, you need to go like that the Catfishing Duo page and check out some of them fish because that's the kind of stuff I love to see when I'm looking on Facebook. But uh, what do you guys think about that? Do you hear any any specifics on size of fish or anything? Well, I, I read some stuff, and I watched all their posts. I read all their, their posts and look at all the pictures, and I know Justin Tabitha absolutely is not just this last week. Now, these two have been laying out fish all year, and I mean monstrous fish. They fished the Tennessee River a lot. Uh, they, they knocked out some giants there. They go to, over to the James River, and, and they're on 67, 57 and multiples, you know, four and five fish in the boat at a time, all giant fish. These guys are somebody to deal with in tournaments. They go out and fun fish. They put the same kind of fish in a boat if they're fun fishing or if they're tournament fishing. Uh, you know, these are people that, that the catfishing community are proud of. They do an outstanding job. They, they, they post their stuff in a professional manner as to not defend anybody. The fish are great. They're, they got good quality equipment to work with. It's clean. It's nice. Their appearance is the same way. And, and, and these are the kind of people that catfishing just loves to see pictures of. And, and to tell you the truth, uh, I enjoy very much reading uh, Tabitha and John, uh, Justin's post. I love seeing their pictures. And, and boys and girls, I'm telling you right now, in the next year or two, uh, if these guys continue to tournament fish, they are going to be somebody to deal with. They really are. 
What's what's their name? Do you know, Lyle? Justin Connor, Connors, and Tabitha. I can't remember her last name. I, I'm at a I'm at a um, loss. I'm sorry. Not married. I think is that Justin? That's on. Uh, yeah, he's on the. On the Are you guys married? And what's what's your uh, significant other's name? It's going to take him a second to catch up with what we're saying, but gosh, well, I feel bad about not knowing that. That's terrible. <laughs> but I mean, you know, to, them guys are are laying them out. I mean, they're they're just one right after the other down there on that James River. They they put some monstrous fishing in both Linville, Tabitha Linville. I thought that was right, but I wasn't sure enough to say it. Thanks, Rob, but. Uh, I mean, like I say, I watched. I, I tell you, I was so interested in these two back in the summer that when Tabitha was at home taking pictures of her can and her cooking stuff, I was reading her post and watching her her cannon pictures because you just never know uh, when they're going to pop up uh, in the middle of fixing that that salsa and stuff and have a seventy pound fish in her hands. You know, uh, so it. I, I just can't can't say enough about what they've done this year and, and and even before that but they have they have been on fire and, and uh, I know Chuck you probably got some some input on that but these, these guys are, are just awesome oh yeah they, they do really well wherever they go um, you know when they were fishing tournaments during the year they were they were always in the money um, I, I even seen one time where uh, Justin had to work and I believe Justin's Father uh, went with Tabitha, so they they in the points or something, and they remember that. They still they still placed in the you know top three or something. I can't remember what it was, but they did really well, and um, you know kept the points going. So they're they're really committed to what they're doing, and um, you know they're just they're just somebody that you're gonna have to contend with week after week if. You know, if you go out in the east and uh, compete with them on the on the weekends. Yeah, I'm not really sure where they're at, but but uh, you know they they fish a lot uh, of Virginia water, I believe. Uh, but I know they was fishing the Tennessee River here a while back, and and uh, they really uh, they really got it on down there too, and and. Uh, you know, I, I know that they have some sponsor deals with Rob, and they they proudly support Whiskerware Apparel. And it, maybe maybe Justin can can let us know here, but uh, I, I believe they're sponsored by a, a guide service down in Tennessee too. Uh, if I'm not, yeah, they look like uh, they look like uh, Whiskerware Apparel models in some of them pictures. The way they got all them fish lined out and got the get your catfish on down the sleeve and. I mean, these guys really do have it going on, and and you know anybody that would pick up a team like that, they'd be very proud to have them on their on their staff. And and uh, like I say, uh, they just I I really felt bad uh, when I found out that they was Justin and them was down at at Monsters of the Ohio, and I tried to make an effort to 
to uh, get in touch with everybody that I wanted to, to talk with or wanted to talk with me and and somehow we missed each other down there and I'm kind of sad about that because I, I know them are people that 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 I should be involved with or talk to or know or or deal with or something but uh, you know next time I'll, I'll make a, a more legitimate effort we got tied up too much with so many people and 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 I just somehow missed them and I felt bad about that in fact him and I talked about that online but uh, like I say these, these guys are on fire right now and and uh, they're kind of, you know uh, you know we talked about Daryl and Jason Massagill and Jeff Dodd you know them guys they are just machines they're on fire all the time well that's where these guys are headed you know they're they're headed to the spot uh, to where they're going to be. Not my spot. Better not be my spot. Okay. <laughs> Justin says they, they live in West Virginia and they fish the Kananawa and the Ohio rivers uh, mostly, but they make several trips to the James and, uh, you know, they put a hurting on the fish down there. I mean, they really did. That's no wonder they're doing so good. They're fishing all my spots. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I see a, a West Virginia record being broken pretty soon. I do, yeah, too. That's I do. Yeah, I do, too. Scott Manning, uh, Tennessee Monster, River Monsters, uh, is, is uh, the, the guy I was trying to think of, and I couldn't think of his name. But uh, And I talked to him uh, before about Justin and Tabitha and uh, online, and, and uh, you know he told me that these that not only do they do an outstanding job, that they're really good people, and I'm quite sure that that he told me correctly from everything I see that these guys do. They're, they're just the kind of people that we all want to be involved with. Okay. Got anything else on them guys? I just, you know, I think I need to be in a boat with them for an afternoon sometimes. Yeah, me too. I'd, I'd like that as well. There's, yeah, there's so many people I feel like, I, I really, anybody at all, you know, I mean, if I'm around or whatever, you know, you, uh, you're you going to be in the area and you want somebody to, to go fish with, let me know because I love fishing with people um, because I've always felt like it doesn't matter who you fish with. There's there's a possibility you can pick something up from them, and if if not that way, they'll pick something up from you. Um, so it, it's and plus, you know, you're fishing. What could be wrong with fishing? <laughs> you know, just to get off of that, uh, just for a second, and, and I know we got some other stuff to talk about, but we talk about going fishing with other people a lot on the show, and uh, there are several people that that I feel bad because I have really haven't had the opportunity to fish with. Uh, one of them being Brent Riddle. I know Brent is, is just, uh, I really think the world of Brent and, and uh, uh, Russ DeVore of all the things. I, I, I don't guess I've ever been in a boat with Russ and, and one of my favorite guys to be in the boat with, I always happen to be lucky enough to be in a boat with Ricky Bracken and, and Harold Dodd and Harold is such a great guy for the sport and he hadn't been doing much in the last couple of years but that was one of the best times in the world. I'd love to fish with Justin and Tabitha. But I gotta tell you, uh, if I could get a day and find a big old pontoon that somebody would let us borrow for a little while, I think having Jason, Daryl, Massengill, and Jeff Dodd on the boat, uh, just to be set back there with them guys, I just think that'd be so much fun. I don't know how you could beat it with a stick. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, they, when I talk about guys putting pictures on Facebook and, and then backing it up. Um, what I mean by backing it up, you know, that they're they're flaunting their pictures, and if if people send them a message and stuff and ask questions, 
that's what's going to make the sport grow. You know, take time, and, and these guys that, you know, most of the time guys message me, I don't know them, uh, you know, and, you know, they're asking questions. You know, Did you catch this fish? What was you using? Uh, what foot of water? Um, you know, what, what kind of rod do you recommend me? And, you know, the next thing you know, you see these guys out catching fish. You know, you help them out, and, you know, pretty soon you start seeing them, you know, start posting some pretty decent fish and then all of a sudden they're on up there and they're getting their personal best and um you know it really helps out you know when when these guys uh message you and you spend a little bit of time answering their questions um you really you know and that's a hundred percent true you know we we all had started someplace and and guys like uh uh, Jason Mathena and Harold Dodd and Ricky uh, uh, Brian Casey and uh, Jason Jackson, guys like that, you know, kind of I've seen these guys do stuff, visited with them on the phone and things, and they've all given me pointers, and, and if I was doing something that they thought was wrong or I'd ask them a question, and I know I was getting honest, valuable information from these people, you know, and in return, if they'd ask me something or if someone else had asked me something, I'd try to do them the same way, and that's I think that's a lot of the difference in the sport of catfishing and some of the other fishing sports. Yeah, I mean, nobody's going to give up, you know, they may have a little secret or two that they want to keep under their belt, but, um, you know, usually most of the time everybody's going to tell, you know, everything that they know, you know, to help these other guys out, and yep. that really helps a whole lot. It and, really does. You know, I spend, yeah. so, I spend so much time, I, I get in trouble a lot by Leanne, by you gonna spend time with me, or you gonna sit there and message these people? And I'll be talking to two or three people at a time sometimes on messaging, you know, about catfishing and you know how to do this and how to do that, what I do, what they do, and um, you know, I I really like doing that. Honestly, I'm I'm pretty bad about not looking at my phone when I'm in a tournament. If I'm just fun fishing or before a tournament or after a tournament. I'll be on my phone, I, I, or you know, just come up and talking to me. I, I give you all the most honest information I can, um, and sometimes you know that it, I, I mean I'm to the point honest where um, I'll tell you where I'm going, and I don't feed you a line of crap. I don't tell you I'm going to go you know left and then immediately shoot right to try to get to my spot first. Um, you know, I, I I feel like I've learned a lot each year that I've been doing this, and I think that for a lot of newbie fishermen and stuff you can tell them anything in the world and it still needs to be them out there doing it and figuring it out um, there's there's things that you just if you have people helping you to do everything with it doesn't help you actually learn what's going on with the fish what you need to be looking for um, a lot of times that's what I feel is going to make you a better fisherman is is actually being out there things like Casey Turo has said on the show is one of the things that I've learned and I've been telling people and believe it or not it really is a very important part of it I think and that and that thing is just being uh, using fresh bait uh, one the first year that I fished a lot of tournaments I used a lot of frozen bait and I just I didn't do very well um, going on beyond that you know I learned I, I used more fresh bait I did better I started thinking about, um, w you know, what I needed to do because of the, 
you know, the temperature change, the water levels, uh, the water clarity. Um, there's lots of different things where you just got to you got to be out there and be able to think and adapt on the fly in order to succeed. And I, and I do think having knowledge of the water is a helpful thing too. You know, the guys that fish um, a stretch of water, they live near it and they go and they fish it all the time. They have an advantage. They have a genuine advantage of that area uh, in fishing. But, you know, like I tell a lot of people all the time too, it honestly, if you have your bait in the water, you have a chance to win that tournament. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're out there fishing, you have that chance. Fish are always going to be in one hole all the time. They're moving. They're constantly, you know, searching for food or switching out from holes. And, you know, there's there's things that can happen that, that can put you on the fish. And, you know, there's, there's an element of luck, but there's a lot of skill involved as well. Well, and that movement is especially true with blue cats. Yeah. But uh, before we continue on... Um, about midpoint of the show, I want to go ahead and do the angler spotlight. I haven't done that in a little while. Uh, these are the people that have been posting on Catfish Weekly's uh, Facebook page. Um, just want to tell them thanks, get them a little recognition out. Um, so, Bill Ray, Ricky Otwell, Patrick Wade, Todd West, and Paul Harriman. Thank you to you guys for posting on the on the website on on the Facebook page. Uh, keep doing it. We really appreciate the uh, posts over there. So, um, like we said before, you know, right now is hunting time. If you guys want to post pictures of uh, deer you got that you're proud of, go ahead. Don't you know? Don't feel like it's only for catfish or anything like that. I mean, yeah, that's, that's primarily uh, what we do. But you know, the content's the content. We understand that. You know, deer hunting's also. Uh, um, a great sport that as long as you're ethical with it and everything you're you're harvesting deer for uh the the, the meat and you're giving you know you're eating the meat or using it to feed the hungry or anything like that and respecting the game that's all we're we're asking of you oh yeah man did, did you see that pig that uh bill ray posted today that's a yeah. giant oh yeah that's a sweet that's a sweet fish i do know that uh I can't remember what the guy's name was, but I found it interesting that um, if you remember me talking about my partner Daniel Lux uh, catching the 69.3 pound blue cat um, in our last points tournament, the ICA, which broke the ICA's all-time big fish record, um, not two weeks later in the same pool that we caught it in, we caught it in the um, McAlpine pool, and we locked down into the um, um, what is that? Candleton pool. We locked down into the Candleton pool and had our weigh in. Then the weigh in was directly below the Candleton pool. But two weeks later, a guy posted on Facebook back in the from the McAlpine pool a 69.2 pound blue, which very possibly could have been the exact same blue that we had caught and released in the pool below, which could mean that, you know, just for, you know, thinking about it kind of research, that that fish was caught up in that McAlpine pool, went and locked back through that lock because he wanted to get back up to a specific area that he was going, or just because he was migrating that way, I don't really know. 
but I found that it was uh, interesting. It was almost exactly the same size blue. Um, could it have been a different one? Yeah. Honestly, you know, is the is it a shot that it's it's the same blue? Yeah, because it's the Ohio River, and there's not a lot of them big fish around with all the nets and everything that's in that river. So, could be the same exact fish. Interesting. Um, also, the, um, the the giveaway for this month that we have going on and last month, the Gone Fishing Adventures um, guided trip with Gary Turner. Uh, there was a couple new people that signed up. I'm going to go ahead and list off the names. If you're not on this list of names, that means you're not entered into this contest. Uh, so right now the list that I have is Leon Higdon, Mike Kafer, Heath Malone, Seth McAllister, Dennis Mayo, John Harden, Janet Fox, Teresa and Dave, Kevin Owens, Chad Wall, Steve Einbody, Vince Nadoski, Nick Goodall, Major Brown, Jason Malone, Ricky Allen, Larry King Jr., Cheryl Lynn Butler, Matthew Ryan Evans, Bill Wright, Joshua DeBoard, Jason Fish, Chris Workman, Michael Johnson, Bobber Stop LLC, Chris Parker, Kimberly Vance, Ron Streeter, Ray Stitcher, Shannon Strokekirch. Uh, those are the people that we have right now that have went over to the Gone Fishing Adventures Facebook page, liked the page, went down to the picture that is the Catfish Weekly and, and Gary Turner holding the big blue, um, liked the picture, post a comment on the picture, and mentioned Catfish Weekly in the comment. There's a few people that have made posts underneath that picture that did not include Catfish Weekly, and they're not on this list because that's the rules. you got to make a comment with Catfish Weekly in the comment. Also, please, uh, you know, only enter the contest if you're, if you're, you know, you're serious about actually going down and, and taking the trip with him, and, and not taking it away from someone who wouldn't, you know, that would love to do it. If you're not going to be able to. Um, also, what you know, what Gary has talked about is that 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 lake, one of the two lakes that he's taking you on down there, there is a good chance that you'll uh, possibly be able to get a lake record or. Um, state record flathead. I believe he said there's some giant flatheads have been brought brought out of them lakes. So, uh, and, and the current current records aren't very big. So it's an you know it's definitely a possibility that somebody that's going out on the guided trips with him next year will end up having a a record for the lake. Um, also, the other thing that I got is. Uh, if you guys have been to the, the there's a Catfish Weekly um, group and a page. Uh, you may have seen me post on the page um, the GoFundMe for Jason Malone's daughter, Brooke, who, if you remember a while back, we talked about how she had, uh, some, she had a, a few strokes and she ended up in the hospital for a while. She's back at home she's doing a lot better she's in in physical therapy um, the GoFundMe thing is for the Bioness system uh, it's something that the insurance isn't willing to cover they consider it experimental um, it's a seven thousand dollar machine um, not a lot of not a lot of people have the seven thousand dollars just laying around so um, Anna Shun set up this GoFundMe for them to help them get that set up 
and get that for her. Uh, so if uh, you guys could, if you got ten dollars, twenty bucks, whatever you can do to go over there and help help uh, Brooke get that machine that, that's going to help her get a uh, the mobility back in her left side. I'm sure they would appreciate it, you know, more than words could say. Well, this is this is a uh, catfishing family that's had something dramatic happen to them, and this is the nicest little girl that you ever want to meet or see a picture out of. She she deer hunts, she catfishes with with her dad and uncle, and and uh, you know this is a tragic thing that's happened to her and anybody that that is, has the ability to help out, I know that they would greatly appreciate it. Yep, I believe the last I've seen, um, they had a little bit, of, uh, right around $1,500, $1,300, somewhere in that, raised up so far. Um, so, you know, they're on their way. Like I said, just if you can do anything at all, I know they'd appreciate it. You know, he, Jason Malone, he's, he's a good friend of mine, like Lyle said. Uh, Jason and Heath both catfish he takes Brooke out Brooke out goes goes out and catfishes as well with him and uh, you know if it was your daughter you would want you would want the best for her as well and that's what they're they're trying to do is make sure that she gets everything she can back that she lost so besides that um, we have Brent Riddle's custom boat. You guys been uh, keeping up with that? That yeah. looks awesome. Uh, you know, I, I talked to Brent on the phone a little last night, and uh, I didn't say this to him, but I've mentioned it before. When that bad boy gets done, i got to have a ride in it. I just, I just have to. Uh, I'm not sure that we would have to go fishing, but he's gonna have to take me a ride in it. That's just all there is to it, you know. Uh, I, I looking forward. I look for that boat to be done, completed in the next couple of weeks. And uh, I've seen boats that that them guys have built before. Andrew Little's got one. It's an amazing friggin' boat, and, and I know that Brent's is gonna be as good or better. And and uh, he's got the graphic thing going on with it now, trying to get all that figured out and. Uh, I really think this thing is just going to be an awesome uh, boat to, to take a ride in. Yeah, better bring your sunglasses because it's going to be shiny. <laughs> yeah, it probably will be. <laughs> Today it wouldn't have mattered up here, however. Yeah, it's very interesting to see that, uh, you know, what he's decided to do with it. Um, basically, you know, he's been showing off here lately. Last thing he's been showing off is the uh, wraps for it, uh, some of the options that he's thinking about. You know, and it's cool that he's putting it out there for, all, you know, all the other people to sort of help out, even if it's in a little part like the wrap. You know, he's asking for people's opinions and what they think on it. Um, you know, and that's a boat that he's, I'm sure, spending quite a bit of money to get built exactly the way he wants it. Um, so to to even think about what, random people would want to do with any part of it, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice gesture. Yeah, well, it is, and you know, a lot of these people that are commenting on that, uh, they don't, they've never met Brent or, <laughs> or anything else, but, you know, you get to know people online, uh, Facebook or on the, some of the forums, and, uh, you know, uh, when I met Chuck down at the Monsters, I knew exactly how Chuck was going to be, I knew he's going to be just like he was. 
and uh, you you was the same way when I met you last year. We knew I knew exactly how you was going to be, and and I really think that that uh, uh, that's out, that Brent takes the the heart of what some of the people think, and and not so much as some of the others. And uh, but he Brent's got a really good idea. Uh, he's been doing this a long time, and he knows what he wants, and uh, uh, he he takes all the. Uh, uh, suggestions into consideration but in the end he's going to make it just to, to be exactly what he thinks a catfish boat should be oh yeah and when he's when he's totally through with this um i believe he will not have any problem breaking it down for anybody who wants to uh, venture into a custom boat um you know let you know you know what this costs what that cost um you know he's just that type of guy you know yep. so uh i i, I I don't believe he wants to do any of that until it's totally finished because uh, as of right now he still don't know how much money he's going to have in it um, and from what I've heard after he gets it floating um, there's still other things uh, he's he wants to do to it but he's not in no hurry to do them but well, uh, yeah, like he'll front, break it down for you and, yeah he wants to he don't know what he wants to do with them yet I mean he's just got so much room up there um, he could do about anything, but yeah, he'll be able to break it down for you, let you know, give you some ideas, and um, I'm sure he researched, you know, other holes and stuff like that. So, um, you know, he, I've asked questions on Facebook before, and he'll send me a message and say, "Call me." Right. And I, yeah. I'll call him. I'll call him. I won't even look at my Facebook post again. And um, you know he sits there and tells me what he thinks, and usually he puts me right on track. So um, yeah, he's one of the guys who you know has, has spent time with me, and he don't have a problem doing it. Ron Strader asks, "What's the name of the boat?" Uh, that's per it's a precision jet boat, I believe. Uh, from what he was saying, it's not going to have a jet uh, a jet outboard on it. It's going to have a prop outboard on it. Yeah, they um, built either way. So it's Precision Jet Boats as the as the manufacturer. He's calling it the Monster Cat, and I'm not a hundred percent sure that there. I know people are concerned that it's going to be said the that the the shiny uh, stuff is going to be an issue with him, and, and uh, I'm not sure that he is a hundred percent about leaving that shiny uh, all the time. But I do think he's going to give it a try, and and he may like it that way, and he may change that at, at some point. Yeah, he said, Whiskerfish asked, what's he going to do in the summer when he gets hot from the sun beating down on it? So that's why I'm sure I would, I know if it were my boat, you know, I'd put some sort of the uh, non-slip coating on it, you know, the way that, you know, Seark and Express and all them coat their, uh, their paint, they paint it, and then, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure that he's going to leave it that un, unpainted finish, you know, but I would think that he would. I would think that he'd eventually paint it. He was talking about post the other day something about a, a white rubber mat. Um, I'm not sure exactly uh, where or how, but um, you know that that's one of the ideas that he's he's uh, rolling around in his head right now. Yeah, I, I know he'll uh, he'll get it figured out to where it's going. It's going to be comfortable and it, it'll be uh, exactly like he wants it when he's done and and. Uh, uh, I, I would find it hard to believe that he would leave that like that, but I do understand him wanting to try it and see if it's going to work out for him. Yeah, I think he's going with the same seats I got, the white temperous um, high back 
with the arms on them. I believe that's what he's going with. He he said he's had a set before and he really likes them. Um, well, these look really comfortable. So we'll see. Hopefully he'll have it. Now, have hopefully I can get me a ride in it too. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, Chris. you got to want to ride in it, too. What's that? Oh, I'd love to ride in it. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, I think he took a, what, a 300 horse uh, Evan Rude's what he's thinking about putting on there. Uh, I think he, yeah, 300 horse. Yeah. That ought to be a simple. It's going to lay back. Yep. Stand that boat straight up. Boats are kind of heavy. Yeah. Now if he can figure out how to catch catfish doing eighty, he'll be doing all right. Well, he probably <laughs> catch <the> eighty. <laughs> all right. Well, um, I don't have any other topics. So one of the things that I could I could tell you about is one of the things that I was looking at here recently. Um, I started thinking about like the times that it starts to get colder on the water even when it's not really colder on the water for whatever reason in my boat when I get going 35 40 mile an hour uh, I wear glasses but my my eyes tear up real bad from the wind and I've been trying to think of things that are going to help me um, combat that for next year and what I came across was uh, a mask called um, save face yep uh, I started looking at these. Um, I'm going to do a screen share so you guys can see what it is exactly I'm looking at. Did you get one? I have not got one yet. Um, here we go. I'm trying to find a plain one so I can design my own. I don't like the, the you know the skeletons and all that stuff. I just want to find one. Yeah, just the, this black one right here, the Just Ill series, I guess, is $59.99, so it's cheaper. Um, it looks like uh, you can get it in black, white, the Stormtrooper, <laughs> or the off-white. So Total Eclipse, Stormtrooper, and Whiteout. Yeah, I want to get a white one and, you know, put... And what's nice is on, on the lenses, there's some options here. So you can get, um, you know, a mirror-smoked lens. You can get the yellow lens, the light smoke... Uh, thermal clear, you know, thermal clear, something like that might be nice for, you know, breathing and stuff and breathing inside of a mask. That might help with something like that. Um, yeah, they're supposed to be anti-fog too, so that that's yeah. the trouble I've had in the past is trying different things and they end up fogging up and you can't see. And I, I, the reason I looked at these over uh, um, the solar bat things like that is that looking on these pictures it looks like I could wear my glasses and not have a problem uh, you know underneath there I did look at the solar bat uh, the solar bat they show a picture of the guy with glasses on with the um, with the mask with the lens off and then if you look closely when he has the the lens on the, the glasses are not on him um, so it to me it looked a little as if they're trying to you know, basically uh, trick you into buying it. 
making you think it's gonna it's gonna work for glasses, but yet the guy that when he actually puts the lens on, he does not have his glasses on underneath there. I, it, I'm having. I tend to agree with Jason Malone. I think you need a bell helmet after dark. A what? A bell helmet. A bell helmet. That's who they used to make all the motorcycle helmets years okay. ago. <laughs> yeah, they're they're just a little heavy and they they're hard to you know to put away. They just take up so much room. But you know they're really nice to uh, you know have when it's below thirty and uh, when you're at night time. It keeps your head really warm having a, a motorcycle helmet on. You know, you was talking about being out of out of stuff to talk about. I, you know, people think that 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 a lot of us don't pay attention to what's posted on the on Facebook and different media on, online. And and I want to know what's up with Justin Browning and them guys catching crappie when they can be catching catfish this time of year. I, I couldn't believe they was talking about going crappie fishing the other day, and they were, they had a tournament over there. So, you know, that that's one question that I've got that, that I know that Justin's on here. And, and, you know, what's the deal, man? Because there's no catfish left in that stretch of the Ohio River. <laughs> you gotta go you gotta go crappie fishing or something. Oh man. I just wanted to get on him a little bit. I you know, I, I've met Justin. He's a really fun guy to be around and and uh, you know, he takes his catfishing very seriously and, and I'm glad that he does. But uh, you know, I, I seen that, and I'm, I knew that I had to get on him a little bit about that. Jason Malone, when he said I needed to wear a bell helmet, I don't. I think he was talking about a helmet with a bell on it, because <laughs> I go even at dark, and I've and I didn't realize it, and I I I'll be the first to admit on one of the tournaments. I think it was either last year or the year before. I was on a lake up north in Indiana, and I thought that as long as the lake, the lake didn't itself didn't have like a posted speed limit. I could go however fast I wanted, <laughs> even yeah. at night. That's yeah. not the case. <laughs> I yeah. mean, so, so apparently during a tournament, you know, I was doing forty, and I guess I got close to some people. I don't know. <laughs> they should have. If if I did, they should have had their lights on. That's all I'm saying. If the, you also have to have your lights on on a lake too so but I do know that Jason and Heath took a spotlight to me as I was flying down the lake <laughs> <laughs> hey Bastard Bass made this post on on the chat that he has a deerskin snowmobile mask that works great in cold weather boating and it doesn't weigh anything and I can see where that would be something that would be very comfortable and and probably completely windproof if you had some type of uh, something over your eyes. And by the way, you know, when I was talking about the Save Face Mask, there's quite a few people in chat that said they have one, they love it, you know, they wear it all, there's guys say, I wear it all year long. Um, so, you know, I guess with the uh, with the mask, or with the lens and the mask and everything, you're looking at like a hundred bucks. Um, I definitely think that's, that's something I'm probably going to have for next year and I'm going to probably end up ordering me one. Well, you know, um, something that, that I've thought about and um, was the motorcycle helmet uh, full face deal. And I know they'd be hot in the summer and they may be cold in the winter, but 
with the amount of Asian carp that we deal with, um, I just think that they would be a great safety factor. Uh, like I say, I'll probably never own another boat that doesn't have a full windshield on them. When we go down to water, uh, these Asian carp are so bad that Cindy sets up there with her face right against the windshield. That way they can't hit her. And, uh, you know, a, a helmet like that uh, may be something that we end up going uh, forward to to try to do something uh, to keep from getting hit because uh, if you get whacked by a 10 or 15, 20 pound Asian carp and he hits you at the point of his uh, uh, face on your face somewhere, uh, it's going to do some damage. You know, I, I, we was idling along a couple years ago and and my brother got hit in the face and it moved his nose over about an inch and messed up his glasses and uh, just kind of tore him up. And But, uh, you know, he was after me because I, I ducked out of the way, but I just had a tooth pulled and I didn't want to get hit in the face. But, uh, you know, them things will hurt you. And uh, it, it, it's to the point, us guys that think they're going to get something done with Asian carp, uh, they may uh, keep bringing them babies into these processing plants and, and stuff, but them babies are here to stay. They're not going to go anywhere. We're never going to get rid of all of them. I, I just don't ever see that happening. They waited too long to get a start on it. Uh, so safety, the safety factor of a full face helmet may be something that a lot of us need to, to consider. Yeah. Well, a lot of guys, uh, you know, they talk about how dangerous they are if, if you wrecked your boat. Um, you know, I, I really don't want, you know, wreck my boat anyway but I, I could see where they're saying you know if you if you have a collision or something and you have a he heavy helmet on um, I wouldn't want to be floating around in the lake with a heavy motorcycle helmet on though well, that's why that save face mask isn't a full helmet it's got a strap on the back and just right. flips right off mm -hmm. the other thing was you know you got yeah, on to the Asian carp you know uh, neck injuries um, you know if you get thrown out of a boat with a motorcycle helmet on, when you toss and flip on the water, uh, the helmet can cause bad neck injuries or something, I heard also. I'm sorry, but if I'm flipping onto the water, I'm probably fucked anyway. I'm sorry. I did the bad word again, didn't I? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you would... Uh, yeah, when you're flipping on the water, if you're... You know, you got your life vest on and everything... Uh, that that would just cause extra damage, uh, you know, with your head being thrown around with that, you know, eight five or eight pounds, whatever the helmet weighs. I but, apologize for the f bomb. It's live. For, it's live broadcast. Yes, it slipped. We're all going to do it. We're all going to make mistakes. That's the only thing bad I've heard about. You know, helmets is the. Uh, is the injuries that would happen if you've got thrown from a boat? But um, yeah, but like I said, if you get if you get thrown from a boat, you're probably going to be hurting regardless. Oh yeah. I wonder <laughs> how much water would get up uh, underneath one of those helmets. Jason Malone says a motorcycle helmet floats. Really? Yep. And he would know. He used to run a motorcycle shop, I believe, so. Yeah. That's true. Well, 
anybody got any uh, thing going on about winter fishing right now? I mean, uh, I know it's that, winter, and the people were fishing. Uh, everybody but me. But like I say, it was uh, 20, 20 degrees uh, today, and here, and and uh, we're going to have single digits tonight. So it's going to be a few days before I get to get back out on there. And uh, so yeah, uh, I think guys. I think this, go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just. I say I know there's guys that are winter fishing. So uh, yeah, I mean, year. I think that with this, uh, <coughs> with the with the weather cooling off so fast, I think the the real cold weather coming in so quick. Um, you've if you've been watching Facebook and you hear what we're talking about, people are catching a lot of good fish. Uh, this, you know, it's not technically winter yet, but the winter fishing has started. I think, you know, people are out on the water right now. You know, John Harden and all them. They're catching fish, so I think the bite's on. Some of them boys over around Kansas City, I've seen some pictures. They've been posting, and they have been laying them out over there. I'm betting old Brad's wishing he had a tournament going this weekend. They've been catching some giants over there, but they've been catching them over all summer. Yeah, I'm going to try to uh, get up and do some winter fishing this weekend or the, uh, Thanksgiving weekend up in the uh, – Upper Tennessee River, if I can get up there. Um, now hold it, Chuck. Around the Knoxville area. Hold, hold everything. When you talk about winter fishing, you know we're talking about single digits and 20 degree weather. What are you talking about? Uh, it's probably going to be pretty cold up in Knoxville. That's like uh, up in the uh, you know Smoky Mountain area. So, so it's, yeah. it's going to be colder than I, you know, than I'm used to. Yeah, it's not very cold at your house, is it? Uh, right now it's 30. It's supposed to go down to 23 tonight, I think. Really? Yeah, it gets oh, cold. Down. It's 33 Ooh. right now. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 33 right now. I think it's going to go down to like 23 tonight. So. I don't think we've seen a 30-degree day in the last week here. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty cold for you. I know you and Leanne talk about that. Uh, nice weather you have year-round down there, and I'm glad you got it. Sure wish you'd share a little of it. Yeah, this is about as far north as I'd move, and uh, I really didn't sign up for this kind of weather when I decided to move here. <laughs> <laughs> I I was sitting in Walmart today, and the guy, you know, he was we were talking about how cold it was, and he's like, "Yeah, it's Indiana for you. Take it or leave it." And I'm like, "I can't wait to leave it." <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, Robert Bard just men mentioned the uh, Potomac River monster cat guys. They're having a tournament this Saturday, and I've seen some pictures. Last year they were in ice. Them guys get out and break ice and fish. Them guys, um, you know, they really they really fish all winter, and it really gets cold up there on that Potomac River. Yeah, and and, and they catch some dandy fish up there. Oh yeah. Jason? Jason Malone said the high up there in northern Indiana today was nine degrees. The high. Mm -hmm. Them guys on the Potomac, you know, they they've only got a, a two fish limit, and uh, they bring in, you know, two fish, you know, 120 pounds, 130, you know, uh, a, a small weigh-in for them guys. If you know, they'll, they'll bring in 60 pounds of fish. They'll bring in a 20 and a 40. You yeah. Know, and get like sixth place. I mean, there's really big fish in the Potomac. <laughs> Brad, you you're at 25 degrees, been below 25 for the last eight days. 
up there in uh, North Dakota. So uh, you said they've been starting ice fishing already. Yeah, well, old Brad, old buddy, you can keep all that up there with you. We don't need any of it here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jason tried to move an iceberg out on out on the lake uh, last spring. <laughs> yeah, big old chunk of ice. We were trying to just we were trying to just break through it and see if we could get back in and catch some shed. And it was just a big giant thing of ice. And we we actually rode up on it a little bit, and it was that it was still that thick. But Jason Acock says the fall and winter is his favorite time of the year to fish. And if the weather's not brutal, I'd agree with that because the fish seem to feed uh, very aggressively. And and uh, you know. This time of the year, if it wasn't quite as cold as it is and a wind blowing like the Wicked Witch of the West, uh, you know, we'd be out there because this is a great time of the year to catch fish feeding up for winter. Yeah, there's going to be a tournament January 3rd on Wheeler. Um, and that's going to be, you know, a good time for everybody to get down and fish if they're planning a vacation or need to come down and fish. There'll be a tournament going on at the same time, but... Um, I think, you know, the, around the end of December, the 1st of January is usually a, a really good time, uh, one of my favorite times to fish. Hey, Vince, is this the tournament that you're talking about you need a partner to go to? Is it is it this one that that uh, Chuck is talking about? Bobby Vargas says 80 pounds on a two-fish limit won't even put you in the money most of the times on the Potomac River. Now, boys, that that's some that's some big fishing there. Yeah, they they'll bring in two fish and have like 130 pounds. That's, they got it going on. Oh yeah, they I've seen some big big weigh-ins. What them fish eat out there? My gosh, the the shad they got out there that them fish are eating are are as big as most channel cats. I mean, they gotta have giant fish to eat them shad. They're just massive. Yeah, I'm, if 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 I have the money and Vince doesn't have a partner and I I can be there, I'll try to be there for that. I might just we'll hook up with Vince or something and see if he you know if I can do it, I will. Yeah, thing put together. I'm really looking forward to that. If we can make it happen, I think it'd be a good time. And and in the th the first week of January, it's got to be warmer down there than it is around here. Yeah. And also, Jason Acock is wondering about uh, if anyone's heard anything about the skips at Cumberland City. Um, I have also, not. Also, I was going to ask you guys about um, shad this time of year. Uh, where do you know? Is it a good time to go and find the big shad that are schooled up and before they, you know, die off on the on the too cold water or anything like that? And can find a warm water discharge a lot of times right now you can get a lot of quality shed uh, because causeways uh, go, going up into sloughs uh, around the you know the bridge pylons are usually just loaded with 12 inch gizzard shad on the Tennessee River uh, they'll get up around you know where them uh, shallow warmer water is uh, being pulled into the main channel and uh, they'll get up under them bridges, and they're they're relying on that moss and stuff that's, uh, you know, on the on that cement. And they're down there just trying. They're lined on that cement walls, just trying to eat moss to you know to keep their energy up. To survive. 
yeah that that's the best you can you can throw a cast net um and let it slide down one of those cement walls and sometimes you can't even get it out of the water it's so heavy just well, one cast even though I was just talking a little bit ago about having fresh bait, um, it's always good to have frozen bait to take with you on a tournament, just in case. Yeah. Now, you guys that are watching the show and not it's and not watching it live, our live chat, Bobby Vargas has just posted that on the Potomac River, they're getting two to four pound gizzard shad for yep. bait. Now, now... Uh, in my area, a big shad is 8, 10, 12 inches. Uh, that's that's a huge shad. I, I yeah. can only imagine a four-pound gizzard shad. I mean, that's a giant. Yeah. Guys, our, guys go out and, and fish for these for the fun of it, and you think um, catching skip, two-pound skipjack's fun. I've seen some YouTube videos where these guys have gone out, and they're actually um, fishing for these big American shad and stuff on the, uh, you know, the James River and the Potomac. And they're, they, it's like fighting largemouth bass that I've seen some that big. They really now guys, that, that's the reason. Them, them baits like that is the reason those fish get so big out there. Yeah. Them you know, bait like that. And, and yeah, that's a, the tidal water with those uh, huge-ass gizzard shad and big American shad. Uh, that's why that 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 uh, a two fish limit will weigh 120 pounds out there or more. You know, and they're talking about that they're you know eating all the blue crabs or whatever and all these extinct fish. Man, they don't need to even try to eat no hard shell crab or nothing with all them shad and stuff. They don't go after no darn crab. No, I don't think so. <laughs> No, they're not gonna mess with them crabs when they got all that shad and stuff to eat. Them guys are just talking nonsense. Oh yeah, they're just uh, upset, um, you know, because they're doing so well and all. But uh, I, I if see you guys can sit there and think about how much money uh, that them them blue cats are bringing into that state in revenue, they would hush up about it. I, I promise you. All right. Well, probably uh, we're looking at an hour and fifteen minute show right now, so I think uh, it's a, no better time than go ahead and start getting this closed out. Um, Chuck, you want to go ahead and do your closing? Uh, yeah, I really don't have that much to say, but um, you know, you know, now's the time if you're going to try to do some tournament fishing next next year. You know. Uh, Get with these guys that you've been trying to impress all year. Um, you know, get, you know, order you some jerseys. Ask them if you can throw their name on it. Um, you know, it makes you look good at the tournaments. Even if they don't give you a discount, you know, get out and support these guys that are, you know, putting stuff into this catfishing, and uh, it'll come back on you in a good way. Um, you know, right now these sponsors they can't give you a whole lot of money. Um, you know, maybe a 5% discount, uh, but, you know, get get out and beat on these guys' doors and, you know, get some uh, guys' names on your shirt. You got a nice-looking appearance at the tournament, and um, the, the sport of catfishing will grow a lot faster if, if everybody supports these guys. These small businesses are out th thriving, trying to um, keep this sport going. 
I noticed that Jason Acock just made a post on our chat that says that him and uh, his son Carson and Hunter Jones are headed down to Wheeler the 26th of December. So I'm assuming they're going to hang around fish that tournament. I know Jason fishes a lot of tournaments, and him and his son are outstanding fishermen. Uh, they both have caught some giants this over the last year or so, and, and Hunter fishes with them some. So I, I know that they'll do really good down there. Um, one thing, that I don't have a lot of stuff. We don't have any tournament uh, information other than the tournament coming up on Wheeler that, that I wanted to visit about. Uh, one thing that I would like to ask uh, all, look at the picture of them shad that just got posted. Wow. <laughs> I've got this stuff on here. This is the uh, Robert Barges that he's talking about, them <laughs> two to four pound shad. He said that cooler's 30 inches long, so you're them looking were at a huge. 20. Well, 22-inch shad. 22-inch shad. That's giant. That's just my guess you know, in that area there. Wow. 24-inch shad. I don't even know. But what I wanted to mention to everybody is I know that you guys, we're, we're trying desperately to get a handle on how many viewers we got and different things. And, and uh, if you guys uh, watch us on YouTube, hit the like button, leave us a comment like us on Facebook and that's the only way that we're able to to get a, any kind of an idea at all of, of what kind of impact the show's making. Uh, we all feel like it's doing very well and we're really having a good time with it. So any help that you can give us is so we know uh, wh what we need to do, uh, how we can make it better, how many viewers we got, uh, all that is would be very much appreciated. And, and try to do that and, and we had a really great crowd online tonight and and uh, by the way the uh, the monsters on the Ohio uh, interviews are all posted you guys can get on and watch those and I do have the one had some audio problems uh, on the uh, interview with uh, uh, Jody Bevins and uh, it is I just received it back today repaired so We'll try to get it downloaded and get back up so you get a better idea of what Jody had to say uh, in his interview. I know it was hard to understand, so uh, we'll get that fixed and get it get it up for you. But thanks, everybody, for being on the show, and we're looking forward to big things. And don't forget now, the first of the month, we're going to be coming up with this, this deal we've been telling you about, and, and I think you're all going to like it. Yep. Um Basically, uh, what what Lyle was saying was is that we have we have viewers uh, that are watching live on YouTube. We have them that are watching it on uh, Google Hangouts. We have them that are watching it straight from our website. Um, so really, the statistics that we're getting uh, aren't very accurate. Um, and when we go to to look to promote the show with different sponsors and things, they want to know exactly how many people are watching the shows and. We really can't give them an accurate number because of the way that everything's working right now, and there's not really a way for us to do it any different. Uh, so the best we can do is give them a, a general idea of what we think that it's at. Um, but like you said, if you can go over to YouTube, if you're watching it from Hangouts or you're watching it from the website, uh, go over to YouTube, look up Catfish Weekly, um, subscribe to it. You know that you know us even being able to tell a uh, them how many subscribers we have on our YouTube channel helps us and the more we have the better um, so subscribe to us on YouTube um, you Leave know us like a comment. Facebook. yeah there's there's lots of things you can do that if you're just watching the show you've never got on chat 
you've never posted a comment, somehow get a hold of us. Let us know you're watching the show uh, so that way we know, you know, there's people out there watching it and everything that, that we don't know about. Um, so, um, like, again, like he said, yeah, there's a lot of people. There's over 22 people, I think, in the chat tonight. Um, you know, it's quite a bit. It's growing every single week, it seems like. And I know that, you know, as as the, the colder time comes on, people are sitting at home. You know, it's it's a good thing to, to come and chat with us and talk about some catfishing. And, and uh, it is a good time like we were just talking about right now. Uh, even though it's cold, you can get out there and brave the cold and it's safe and everything. Um, there's some good fish to be caught right now. Uh, don't don't get, don't uh, just automatically uh, dismiss it because it's wintertime that you're not going to catch any fish. It's It can be the best time to catch a big old blue catfish. Um, oh, yeah. Um, we did pick up a couple new um, uh, super fans. Um, Chad Wall became a super fan. Uh, Denise and Brian, um, they, 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 I believe they're sending me their money for super fan. Uh, we also got a, a new a new sponsor of Vince Nadoski. He's going to be putting up a couple ads on the website. You should be uh, looking for those in the next week or two. Um, but he's paid for those. So those those are uh, those are going to be coming up on on there and then. Um, you, of course, the new one that's Aaron Wheatley with Monsters on the Ohio is there. He started taking uh, reservations for uh, our registrations for the 2015 Monsters on the Ohio tournament. Um, I have went ahead and and we I talked with uh, the guy that I fished with this this year, Alex Nagy, and we're going to be fishing again together next year, and we should be on the list here soon. Um, I can't wait to fish with him again. Hopefully, this time we'll do a little better. I don't want to bring him out again and skunk with him again so I think uh, I think no I, I promised him we ain't going to skunk this next year so well Alex is a really good guy you've hit a home run with fishing tournaments with Alex yeah I think so he does seem like a really good guy um, I believe like I said uh, you guys know how much the advertisement is if you think that uh, um you know, you want to have an advertisement up on the site, just get a hold of us, let us know. We'll get you set up with an advertisement on the site. Um, I believe uh, I believe that's all I have. I do I do know that uh, I talked with my uh, contact with uh, Johnson Outdoors, and I do have the good news that I will be retained on for the next year with Humminbird, Johnson Outdoors, and Minn Kota, all them guys, so... Thank you to them for keeping me on for next year. Um, I know we'll probably have another episode on on uh, sponsorships again here soon, but just so you guys know, uh, it's not a bad time to start contacting these guys too and letting them know for the 2015 year because I, you know, every company's going to be a little different on when they start for their, uh, you know, setting up their pro staffs and things. But it could be the time to at least get in there and find out with them if you're interested in being a pro staff with them. But uh, thanks for everybody on the show. Thanks to all the people that came into the chat and chatted with us. It's uh, been a great show. I'll let you guys know what the topic will be for next week, hopefully sometime soon. But uh, until next time, make sure you stay out of my spot. <laughs>